0: You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our, on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now, here is today's message Is his way really better? Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes his way seems very hard and difficult, but oh my gosh, when you step into it, it's so much better. Not easier. Sometimes it's even more difficult, but when you're walking in, in where God wants you to be, when you surrender completely and say, okay, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I surrender to it. It's so much fuller, so much richer, so much better. Your life has, takes on a new purpose and a new meaning. And I know there's people in here today that, man, you're just you're on the verge of that. God has called you to step out, and you're, you're looking at it going, I don't know if I want to step out into that because I don't know what's going to come with that. And I'm telling you, what comes with that is God. It doesn't matter what's ahead of you. It doesn't matter the fight or the battles ahead of you. What's in front of you is, is the Father. And if, if he is with you, if his presence is with you, you don't have to worry about any of that. So I just preached my whole message in like two seconds. <laughs> but I just want you to know that today, if you get nothing else today, know that step out into faith and, and trust that God's going to be there because he's going to be there. Trust that his way is better. Amen. Amen. So Father, I pray right now, God, that you would just open the hearts to hear today. God, that you would help us to understand your will for our lives. God, that we would stop living in the land of good enough and start walking into the promised land, God, and knowing that you're enough. God, I pray that you'd open the hearts to hear and the ears to receive, God, the hearts to receive and the ears to hear. Open my mouth, God, to speak, because I need it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. (laughs) You know, there's those words sometimes, and I, I think today's kind of just solidified, uh, what God's wanting to do, where it's a now word. Um, like, we sit down and we kind of plan out our series and plan out our messages, but I, we just, this week, I'm like, this is a now word. This is not just for me because it spoke to me. And if, if nobody else gets anything out of the message but me, that's okay. But I think there's people in here today that, that need this now word. A, word. a word that's saying you're entering into a new season, you're entering into a, a new place, you know, we're coming out of winter and into spring. In Texas, you really can't tell the difference, but it's there. The wind's blowing. Thank you. Um, but we're entering into a new season, and I think a lot of people in here are entering into a new season, and they're not sure exactly what that new season is going to bring. And they're, what they're doing is they're they're sitting there looking at where they're at now, and they're thinking, man, I think this is good enough. I think where I'm at now is is good enough, And and I don't know if I want to enter into what God has for me over here because right now it's good right now. I'm comfortable right now. Things make sense right now. Everything's in front of me. I know what to expect. And, and I'm telling you, God's calling you out of that land of good enough and into his land, into the promised land where God is enough for you. And the passage I want to really open up this morning is out of numbers, because here are some people that you look (laughs) in numbers that settled in the land of good enough. And they missed out on the true call of God in their life. And so in Numbers chapter 32, I want to read this passage to you and break it down and and just speak to you today. So Numbers 32, chapter 1, it says, So the tribes of Reuben and Gad owned vast numbers of livestock. So when they saw that the lands of Yezer and Gilead were ideally suited for their flocks and herds, they came to Moses, Eleazar the priest, and the other leaders of the community, and they said, Notice the towns of Ateroth. Dibbon, Yezer, Nimrah, Hashbon, Elisha, Simba, was Sibma, Nebo, and beyond. The Lord has conquered this whole area for the community of Israel, and it is ideally suited for all our livestock. So, a little backstory what happened here is these kings had come against the Israelites because they're afraid of them, and they're they, 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 they afraid to fight them. And so, what they did is they sent their women in to seduce them and to, and to lead them into idolatry. And so God, God gets angry, of course. He's like, this is not what I have for you. This is not the best for you. You've allowed these women to come in and seduce your men and lead them into idolatry. So in my judgment, I want you to go and wipe out these people that are, that are trying to keep you from me. And so they go in and they take out these kings. They take out this territory. And now they're standing there going, this is pretty good land. This is really nice. These people have really nice land and they're not here anymore. So what are we going to do with this property? And so he says this, so if we found favor with you, Moses, please let us have this land as our property instead of giving us land across the Jordan River. And then Moses is like, do you intend to stay here while your brothers go across and do all the fighting? Moses asked the men of Gad and Reuben, why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across the land that the Lord has given to them? Your ancestors did the same thing when I sent them to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. After they went up to the, the valley of Eschol and explored the land, they discouraged the people of Israel by entering the land. By they discouraged the people of Israel from entering the land the Lord was giving to them. Then the Lord was angry with them, and they vowed, "Of all of those I rescued from Egypt, not one who is twenty years or older will ever see the land. I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they have not obeyed me wholeheartedly." The only exceptions are Caleb, son of Jephaniah, and the Kinsanite, and and Joshua, son of Nun, for they have wholeheartedly followed the Lord. The Lord was angry with Israel and made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation that sinned in the Lord's sight had died. But here you are, you brood of sinners. I love Moses is such a great leader. (laughs) Doing exactly the same thing. You are making the Lord even angrier with Israel. If you turn away from him... Like this, and he and he abandons them again to the wilderness. Will you be responsible for destroying this entire nation? So, but they approached Moses and said, "Look, look, look! That's not it at all. We simply want to build pens for our livestock and fortified towns for our wives and our children. Then we will arm ourselves. We will lead our fellow Israelites into battle until we have brought them safely to their land. Meanwhile, our families will stay." In the fortified towns we build here, we build here, so they will be safe from any attacks by the local people. We will not turn return to our homes until all the people of Israel have received their portions of land, but we do not claim any of the land on the other side of the Jordan. We would rather come on, this if we get to anything else today, we would rather live here on the east side and accept this is our grant of land. So these two tribes, two and a half tribes, actually Manasseh stayed there as well. These two and a half tribes of Israel said, this is good enough. Hey, Moses, we we conquered this land. We conquered this territory. We took all the plunder. We have all their livestock. And now what are we going to do with all this livestock? There's good pasture land here. There's already cities. All we got to do is rebuild the walls. Let's stay here and settle in this land and we'll help you fight some battles out there. But at least our kids are safe. At least our wives are safe. And at least we have livestock shored up in pens. And I'm telling you, so often, guys, we do this. We get to a point in our life where we're like, man, it's really good here. This is really nice. And we stay in, in a place that's not really God's best for us. We settle in the land of good enough. We settle in, 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 our, current, in our current conquest. We, we settle in our current victories of what God has given to us. And not moving forward into the total and complete place of God wanting us to go. We're never moving right into the full promise of God for our lives. Come on, I see this in the practical. I see people that just settle in good enough relationships with their spouses. Like, you know, I'll come to the pastor. I'm I'm not venting, but I am. I'll come to the pastor. and, And we'll get this fight out of the way. And we feel good about ourselves. But we really never got to the issue. They never really work through the things that are, that are keeping them back, and they never really got down to the root of the problem and stepped into a new promised land for their marriage. And so many of us, come on, I was one of those people, it's like we just we go until the, the fire's out, and then we say, that's good enough, the fire's out. But we never full, fully step into a new promised land with our spouses. And, and we do this in our jobs. We stay in jobs we absolutely hate and detest. And it's, it's, a, it's a bad environment where we're too afraid to step out into a new place that God may be leading to us. Maybe it's even a calling in our life. Maybe it's a ministry that God's put in your heart. And you're standing there on the, on the verge of where you're at now and to where God wants you to be. And you're afraid to step past that river and into the new promise that he's got for you because you don't know what's there when you get there. You know that. I mean, think about this. Some of these guys were there when they didn't get to go in the promised land. So they wandered around the desert for 40 years. And the report was there was giants in the land. There was fortified cities in the land 40 years ago. And so if I'm one of those people, and I'm thinking, you know, 40 years ago, there was giants. 40 years ago, there was fortified cities. I bet there's even more giants now. I bet the fortified cities are even more fortified. I'm afraid to enter into that new promised land because, you know, they were afraid then. But I'm even more afraid now because I know the battle is going to be greater and fiercer and there's going to be more to more opposition. But here's the beauty of it. God goes in. If you know anything about history, God goes in and he 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 drives out these people little by little. He makes he's there. He's there when he gets there. He's there when they get there. And so many of us, we just settle in this land of good enough and we never step fully into our purpose in our destiny that God has called us to do. Why do we do that? Well, number one is we're just comfortable in the land of good enough. We're comfortable, it's comfortable. I'll stay in my dysfunction, I'll stay in the bitterness, I'll stay in the places where I'm at and I won't move into a new place because at least here I know what to expect. At least here I know what's gonna happen to me. At least here I know when the beatings are gonna come. At least here I know What triggers my spouse? At least here I know what to expect. And and my friends, God has never called his believers into comfort. If you look all through scripture and and you, you see when God calls somebody out to do something, it's never comfortable. He never calls them onto a couch. Right? He calls them into a greater purpose in a battle. And when God calls us out, he calls us into a place where there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be opposition. But the good news is that he's there waiting for us. And he brings us into victory. God did not make us and call Christians into comfort. He called us out to conquer, right? He called believers out to conquer. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 31. I'm going to read this to you. What shall we say about these things? This is in light of what Christ has done for us. So if God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he also not, how he will not also with him graciously give us all things? Jesus was called into pain. He was called to take our place. He was called into a place, not of comfort, but a place to conquer. And if Jesus himself had to go through all these things, then why do we think we get a, we get a pass? Why do we think that we don't have to go through hard times and, and trials and tribulations? But I love this in verse 33. Paul reminds us, who shall bring any charge against God's elect or God's people? It is God who justifies. You're justified through God, through Christ Jesus. And who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised? Who is it at the right of hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Paul's like, come on, people, think about this. Think about all that Jesus did for you. He goes, now who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? He goes, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's good. For I am neither, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Can separate you. Notice Paul doesn't say these things will never come against you. You will never face famine. You will never face the sword. You will never face death. He says, No, even though all these things may come against you, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He's saying, Even though you're in this good place right now and you're like, God, this is good enough for me. And he's he's edging you to step into the full promise and you're afraid to step out because you don't know what's there. You know, there may be a sword. You may be famine. There may be trials and tribulations. But he's saying, who can come against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? But yet we settle for good enough. In our relationship with Christ, we settle for good enough. God, my relationship's good. I do all the things and I just settle. You know, I pray once a week. I may pray every day. I don't know, you may, you may worship, you may even serve. But are you settling For that and saying, man, this is good enough, God. I don't really want to dig in deeper. I don't want to entrench myself into who you are. I don't really want to step into the full purpose that you have for me because God, right now, this is safe. This feels good and we're good. So here's, here's, I think is the conversation that taking this story and kind of putting in our context as believers, this is kind of where we're at. I I truly believe this is where we're at as people. He said, we, this is kind of our conversation with God right here, if I can get to it. Lord, so he, they walked to Moses. You brought me so far. You've been so good to me. You provided all, uh, all, of, all the things that I need up to this time. You've wiped out my sins. You freed me from this certain bondage. You've restored my marriage. You've answered my prayers for my children. Lord, thank you. You even helped me pass my history test. Oh, and this job you gave me, God, it's so great. Thank you so much. It's awesome. But, you know, I've been looking around. I've been looking at where you t- you've took me, God, and where I'm at, and you've placed me in this place, and I'm like, this looks pretty good right now. I think I, think I want to settle right here. I think, I think I just need some comfort now. I think you've, you've done enough in my life right now, Lord. And, and, you know, is it okay if I just settle right here in this land? Because I've had some victories. God, you've broken some things for me, and I'm even serving in the nursery now. <laughs> right? And, and, and God, I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm just going to settle right here. And, God, we're good. Right? But, hey, you know, but if you need something, I'm, I'm just going to be right here. I'm not far away, God. If you need me, just call me. I'll come. And if I need you, God, I know where you're at. I know you're over there. I'll come to you. And we settle in this land of good enough. And, our, and our, our faith life was never meant to settle in the land of good enough. God has called us all out to keep growing, keep pushing, keep finding, keep discovering. Look, I've been in this thing for 17 years, like fully involved and in surrender to Christ Jesus saying, this is what I want to do. And I've, I've truly been following Christ deeply and more uh, uh, with passion for 17 years. And I am still learning to grow. I'm still pressing past the goal. I'm still saying, okay, God, show me something new. Show me something better. Show me something deeper. Because here's, here's the tension, guys. I want to stay over here in the good enough. Because the good enough feels good. You know, when, when, when God asked me to take over this church, I was like, No. That's not comfortable. I'm good right here. I'm just good. I'm good. But he said, no, come on over. Come on over. Cross, cross over that Jordan and into what I have for you. Cross over. And I think there's so many of us that are kind of in that same mode right now. God's calling us into a new place, and we're too afraid to step out because the river looks too big. The, the crossing. you don't know how you're going to get a cross. But I want to tell you that God is going to make a way through. I have a picture of the Jordan River I want to show you. So this is the river that they were so afraid of cross. This is like, this is actually a picture of the river. It's not huge. It's not a big river. It's not, you know, this massive thing. But it's a, it, it, this is like at springtime during the flood stage. And so it's, it's, pretty, it's running pretty good. And you think, well, that's not bad. I can just swim across that. Come on, we live in Texas. We know what flash floods do. Well, some of you don't, obviously, because every year somebody gets swept away. <laughs> turn around, don't drown, right? That's what these people were thinking. They came up to the rivers, I like, turn around, don't drown, we're leaving. But, I mean, think about this. They didn't just have themselves to worry about. They had their small children. They had, their, their, they had all their animals and their livestock. They had wagons full of uh, food and clothing and treasure. All these things, all their household items They needed to get across this river. And so this was not an easy task. This is not something you would cross over. It it made a whole lot more sense for them to cross over when the the river was down. Maybe they could build a bridge. Maybe they could find another way around. But God calls them in this moment to say, it's time to cross. It's time to get out and step out and let me do a miracle. And we read what happens in Numbers 32. Oh, never mind. I'm reading up there, but that's not the right one. It's actually... I went back. I'm jumping all over the place today. We read in Joshua 3 what happened. So Joshua has been now made the leader of the people of Israel. And God has said, Joshua, it's time. It's been 40 years. It's time for you to lead these people into the promised land. This is what I'm going to do. I want you to, to get the priests out. And I want you to get the presence of God, which is the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to take them out and have them stand in the river. And when they stand in the river, I'm going to stop the river, and they're going to be able to pass through. But he also tells them, he tells them this, and you can read this back in, on earlier in the chapter. He tells them, I want you to tell the people to stand about a mile and a half back, away from the Ark of the Covenant, away from the presence of God. And then when, when, the, when, when the priests step into the river, you can tell them to go ahead and pass. And so imagine these people standing there going, man, I, I've heard that Joshua wants us to cross this river. And he says, just trust me, God's going to make a way. And and they're wondering, I know who Moses is. I know that Moses can part the water. You know, I've heard stories of him. My grandpa told me before he passed away that that God split the Red Sea. But this guy ain't Moses. (laughs) And so God tells Joshua, and Joshua tells the people, just trust me, God's going to make a way. God's going to do it. And so he has them stay a mile and a half away and the priests, they they mount up the Ark of the Covenant and they walk into the river and then all of a sudden it says this. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, so the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zerathin. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel crossed the Jordan onto dry ground. Can you imagine this? I can get the worship team to come up. Can you imagine this? Like, they're wondering how God's going to do it. And so here's these people a mile and a half back. They're talking. You know, I think, I think Joshua's lost his mind. There's no way we're going to get across this river. I mean, why can't we stay with the Reubenites and the, and the Gadites? I think they had a good idea. I think we should just stay with them and settle in this land. I mean, it's pretty good. Look, there's, there's plenty of room for all of us. And so they're wondering, you know, God's called us into this promised land. I know he's promised to Abraham, he's promised to Isaac, he's promised to us. I know he's telling us to go into this land, but I'm not sure how we're going to be able to get there. And I can imagine these people as they're walking up a mile and a half to get to the riverbed and they get there and they see these priests standing in the middle of the river and the riverbed's dry. And they're like, where's the water? What happened? And Joshua's like, just come on and they start walking over through the river onto the promised land. And you know, if I'm one of those guys, if I'm one of the Reubenites or their Gadites or half of the tribe of Manasseh that decided to stay there and they see this happen, what would you think? What would I think? Why did I, why was I afraid and stay here? Why was, why was I settling in the land of good enough? I mean, I would rather, I don't know about you, but I would rather go to a land that's harsh, go to a land where there may be fights, go to a land that's, that's going to be a hard place to take and a hard place to cultivate, and know that God's with me, than stay in this property, in this place that's easy, that's comfortable, that's reliable, and know that God's presence isn't with me. Because here's the thing, guys. Why did, why did God tell Joshua to have those people step back a mile, um, half a mile? Because he wanted to remind them that God goes before them. And guys, I want to remind you that God goes before you. He's going to make a way. Look, if he can split the Red Sea, if he can stop a river, then he can get you through whatever you need to get through. Amen? 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 But yet we still settle over here in the land of good enough. And we're like, God, this is good enough. I'm afraid to step into what you have for me. This is good enough. And we're looking at the river with fear and anxiety, not knowing if we're going to get across. But know that as we take a step, the river will stop just going down until it's dry land and you can walk across. But here's the challenge for you today. All you got to do is take a step. Take a step everybody's seen that movie, I Bought a Zoo. I don't know if you've seen that movie or not. It's kind of an older movie. But the main character's talking to his son, and his son really likes this girl, and he's been bombing every time he talks to her. And he's kind of complaining to his dad, saying, you know, if I do anything, it's stupid. If I don't do anything, she doesn't like me. I don't know what to do. And his dad looks at him and he says, son, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And he said, when you take 20 seconds of insane courage, and you step out, something good is always gonna happen. And today, some of you just need 20 seconds of courage to step out and allow God to do something miraculous in your life because you're standing at the edge, all you see is the raging river, all you see is the obstacles, but God's saying, I'm gonna make a way today. Now, I don't know what that is in your life right now, but God does and you know. But I'm telling you right now, he's saying to you, I'm going to make a way. I'm opening up the river. I'm making it a way for you to go through. so I want you to stand with me. Spiritually, you may be stuck in the land of good enough. In your marriage, you may be stuck in the land of good enough. Students, in your schools, you may have friendships that are stuck in good enough. Like these people are good enough for me, even though they're not good for me, even though they're not right for me. But hey, at least I'm accepted. And God's saying, no, don't settle for good enough. He's telling you, I have good people for you. I have people that are going to bring you into the promised land where I have for you. So I don't know what that is for you today. But I want to know if there's people in here today that are tired of living in the land of good enough. All right. Are Are you tired of living in the land of good enough? Are you tired of saying, God, this is good enough. And I want you to say, God, I want to step into the God is enough. I want God to be enough in my life, not just good enough. And so here's the challenge for you today. I just want you to, if, you, if you're just tired of saying, you know what, God, I'm tired of living in the, in, the, in the good enough, and I want to step into the God is enough, I want you just to step out right now and just, just line up right here. And, and we're just going to, as a declaration, we're stepping over that Jordan River into the new promise, saying, God, I'm stepping into the promises of God right now in my life. So I just want you to step up. We're going to step up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray over you. Step out into faith. 20 seconds of insane courage. It's all it takes. And I promise you something good's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. We got to get past ourselves and allow God to get past us. So, Father God, I thank you for those that have stepped up today to say, I'm taking a step of faith. I know, God, it's not going to be easy. I know there's going to be issues and pains. There's going to be things that come against me. But I know, God, that you're going to be there when I get there. God, that you've already gone ahead of me and you've made a way. You've cleared the path. You've made a way. You've removed the obstacles. God, I'm going to walk straight forward into the promised land that you've given to me. God, I'm not going to settle in our relationship anymore with you. I'm going to step out, God, and seek you. i want to get deeper with you, God. I want to step out in faith, God, and know that you're going to be there. God, I pray right now, God, that you would just remind all these people of your goodness. Remind them that you were there and that you have a, you have a, a divine purpose for them, a divine appointment for them. But God, I pray that they step out in faith into that right now in Jesus Mighty, mighty name.